What up, Ashley? Hello, Mervin. Oh, man. Boys is getting quiet. Going to get crunk. Yeah. Head back to Longview, Kelly popping trunk. Yeah. I ain't even tripping. Yeah. Riding and I'm sipping. Yeah. Yeah. Let me come through four foes that are tipping. Yeah. 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 Watch the trunk crack. Yeah. Yeah. Let me sit sideways, see me running back. Yeah. 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 Maybe AP, yeah. maybe AD. Yeah. I ain't even tripping because we some athletes. Yeah. Yeah. The more right, it, it must be a, uh, it's a nod to my co-host, not necessarily me. Especially if you ask her, because she just thinks she knows everything in the world, and I'm here to set it straight. It has always been one of my dreams slash goals to work with Ashley, um, to do anything sports related, talking with her, um, because she is one of the smartest people I know, especially uh, sports wise. Hey, a compliment. It has always been an honor, an honor to work with a cast member of the Doug Dynasty. <laughs> Ashley, I hate you. Okay. This is Ashley Moore, and you're listening to the More Right Than Wrong podcast. What up, what up, what up, sports enthusiasts, culture lovers, inauguration day watchers, Super Bowl eaters. What it do, what it do, what it do. Super Bowl, what it do. What Super Bowl that? party goers. How okay, about I was like Super Bowl, Super Bowl eaters. Weed what eaters? Is that? I don't know. Okay, that makes a little bit know. more sense. Okay. I don't ever write that. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Somebody. Anyway. Anyways, welcome back, Merv. Um, Hi. You texted me. Was that last night or the night before last? You texted me and said something, <laughs> and I just did not know where that came from. What did you text me, Merv? Um. What was, the, what was the one word that you texted me? I cannot say that word on on these uh, on this platform. Um, Do you think um, it'll be like a censorship warning or something? Um, look, I I do my best to not say words that would make me have to say that this podcast is explicit, so that we can reach See? more. Uh, <laughs> so what you're saying is. The name you texted me, or the word you texted me yesterday, was directed at me, but it was something you can't say on the podcast. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'd I admit that 100%. I'm not Y'all gonna, see what I deal with? I can't say the word. Um, and just to clear the air, it was not derogatory towards women. So just before we're, so nobody's wondering that. But yes, I did take. Oh no no no! Because no. <laughs> sure, I would not, I would not say that. Uh, but yes, I texted you something that um, cannot be said on these uh, on this platform. Yeah, the man to, just be calling me names. Look, it was overdue. Like I said, it was overdue. And, oh my gosh, overdue. Uh, I hadn't called you that in a while, and I just felt like. I needed to establish that just because I haven't said it in a while don't mean it's not the truth. You know what I'm saying? Got to keep, got to keep that ground, that groundwork laid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our first topic, which is we're going to, oh, well, let's talk about everything we're talking about today. We're doing the NFL, obviously. Um, Super Bowl is approaching. And what did we see last week? Uh, inauguration recap um, was J Lo lip syncing. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about um, the I Am Athlete podcast, bro. They had a WNBA player on there with two football players 
it was like, what you buy with your first chick? What you buy with your first chick? Mm -hmm. They get to her, bro, just wait. Yeah. The pay disparity is crazy. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the boy Kobe. Sad day. You know. Sad day. Yeah. You know, sad day, man. Just memories. And then Merv's Minute. All right. All right, so let's get to that Championship Sunday review. Let me start with Tampa Bay. Well, the first game, Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay, Green Bay. Um, Okay, so I I was tweeting during this game, and I'm like, bro, Tom Brady's showing out, ain't he? Yes, he is, yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, So, to, to be fair, I didn't get a chance to really, like, you know, just deep dive into it because I got suckered into working because money was offered <laughs> Sunday afternoon. So I did what I had to do. Uh, but I mean, I did, you know, get a good enough picture of it. But yeah, Tampa Bay's offense in the first half was just slinging it. Like I don't know what Green slinging. Bay. I don't know what Green Bay was doing on defense. I don't know what they were doing yes. at the, especially at the end of the first half, allowing that touchdown. Yes, that was. To me, that play sealed the deal. Like, yeah. that play was the signature moment. Mm-hmm. Like, Tom Brady's not afraid to go for it. Right. And Green Bay is. And right. I, for me, that was a one moment that signified that. And then, look, and so everybody has been talking about um, Matt LaFleur's decision at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, the last time Green Bay had the ball to kick the field goal um, to go down five after being down eight. If you ask me, there were a couple plays before that that really kind of led to, you know, where we where we got to in the game. In the second quarter, uh, I believe it was like the middle of the second quarter, there was a play where they were down near the goal line, and uh, Rodgers threw, uh, threw a pass to Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams caught the ball at the back of the end zone. It was like a four-wide set or whatever, and it was slants to Devontae Adams. And he had a receiver – Right. Yes. Yes. And I saw a right, wide open right in front of him. Yeah, Lazard. So Lazard was the wide was the wide man on his right. And if you go back and see uh-huh. it, you'll you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He dropped his man on a quick move and was cutting inside. Adams being Devontae Adams and rightfully so took two defenders with him. And Lazard, his man is dropped. He's wide open. And if he sees it, that is six points automatically, and he missed it, and they had to kick a field goal. And and, and, you know, this is kind of one of those situations um, like we'll talk about with uh, Kansas City and Buffalo where you can't trade you – can't, you can't go three for seven here. Like, you can't trade field goals while they're getting touchdowns. Um, but that's what happened there. And then later on in the game, the, um, the, the two-point conversion where Aaron Rodgers hits uh, St. Brown and he drops it. Granted, it was tipped yep. at the line. And that when you see the slow mo replay, it kind of does affect the flight of the ball just enough. Uh, but, but still, but still, I mean, you do have to catch that. But I mean, being a, right, like I played receiver, so I can kind of obviously not. You play level. receiver? I played receiver. Yeah, I was a receiver in high school. Oh my gosh! For those of y'all listening, Mervin is my height. <laughs> How tall am I? Five two. You're what? First five, of all, I'm five six. seven, five eight. Thank you. You see, I guessed five, six. Five, okay, so you I'm said five, maybe seven, five, five, eight. eight. Okay. Um, sir, let's go down to five, six. Anyway. Um, I was anyway. a, and I was a slot receiver. I wasn't. What? I wasn't outside. I was a slot receiver. Thank you. I ran short routes. I wasn't. But, but you also don't look that fast. I wouldn't. 
Well, I've seen you play basketball. No, you're not fast. So are we yeah, talking no, about middle school fast. or are we talking about little league? No, I'm talking about through high, in high school. I didn't say I started. Wait, wait, wait. I didn't say I started. Did you play? I didn't say I started. I said I played. Did you play? How many touches you get a game? Look, we're not talking about that. We're not. This is. Now not I just want to know. I'm. This is very interesting. Oh I'm very. God, I was a backup. I got in during blowouts. Is that is that the answer you're looking for? Oh, okay. Yes, okay. My bad. Anyway, mm-hmm. but then you play another position. In this picture, uh, I was a starting receiver. That's a for our, our enemy or champion. The people listening can't see that, the, and the I can't see The picture behind me. Well, you don't have to. Just know we were champions. It's just that. so far. Anyway, okay. The point. Back to the NFL. Anyway, I just thought that was very interesting. I never would look at Mervin say slot receiver. Thank you. You know I ain't trying to dog you or nothing, but you ain't oh, gonna look at me and say post. You ain't gonna look at me and say, oh yeah, she a, a center in basketball. Yeah, she in the post okay. off the block. No, you're gonna look at me and go point guard. Look, <laughs> let me put let me just put a put a And I look at you, Mervin, and I see kicker. <laughs> I was a kicker. I was a kicker all the way through J V. Thank you. Um, even played linebacker okay, a little bit in high school. You. Thank you. Uh but off. back to the point. So uh, the ball was tipped at the line, and it kind of affected the flight of the ball just enough to where it wasn't excusable, but it was understandable, if that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, <clears throat> everything else happened throughout the game. And then you get to where it really matters. You're, it's less than four minutes, and you're down eight. And you have the decision of, first of all, before the before the, um, before the field goal, the third down, and I want your input on this. Rodgers looked like he could have ran. A lot of people are saying he should have ran. He could have scored he, a touchdown. Yes, he could have. He could have because I was watching it as the play was happening mm-hmm. live. Forget what everybody else saying late on in the fact. I was watching it live and literally said in my head, why won't he run it? Mm-hmm. Like, that baffled me. It, it baffled me. Like, why won't he run it? It's a third down. Yes. Why don't you run it? Because then... I mean, although it was a stupid decision not to go for it on fourth anyways, mm-hmm. but then you're closer, and we would really, you would really have to be an idiot yeah. at that point not to go for it. Well, and I think he did even say after the fact, he thought that we're going to go for it on fourth down if he didn't get it. That's why he, like, he if he knew that we're going to kick the field goal, he said he wouldn't have thrown it into double coverage like that. He would have done something else. And I will say, as, as much, as fast as Aaron Rodgers is for a 37-year-old, which... People, I think we fail to realize, like, he still got some wheels on him. He wasn't going to score. But, because there were people, there were defenders coming. He wasn't, I didn't say he was going to score. Right. I didn't say he was going to score. I said he was going to, they were going to be closer to the goal line. Okay, pick yeah, up, yeah. You know, That's pick fair. up some yards. That's fair. Do I think he was going to score? No, but I think he could at least yeah, he, he could have got yards He could have got to run. about the three or the four. And that if that happens, then you, you almost, you almost, like owe yourself the like going forward on fourth down because you're at the three yard line. I mean, some people do say the closer you get, the harder it is. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. if you're the, if you're right there in that situation, I think they would have went for it. And granted, obviously I mean, we can all the say the situation they were in, we would have thought they would have went for it. Right. Had we not seen what we saw this last Sunday, right. we would have said, "Oh yeah, if they in that position, they're gonna go for it." Yeah. They got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they're gonna go for it. Yeah. Cause I'm, I cause that's what I would have. I would have gone for it on fourth and eight, like from fourth and go from the eight yard line. That's what I would have done, especially being down eight. And I know the man on the other side of the field knows how to take a ball and run a four minute drill better than anybody else in history. 
Too many drills at that. Too many drills as well. And so, like, giving the ball back to Tom Brady down five without the best defense in the league is probably not the best idea. And we saw that it kind of. It's probably not the best idea, or it's not the most. It's it's not the best. It's idea. not the best idea. Like if unless you got like eighty five Bears defense out there, and you know a hundred percent you're gonna get a stop, it's it's. It's probably a losing proposition for you, buddy, and you have probably cost your team and your city a chance at the Super Bowl. Okay. Now, some people are saying, why does y'all expect Aaron Rodgers to come back anyways? Mm -hmm. So what type of fourth quarter quarterback do you think Aaron Rodgers is? Do you trust him? Yeah. Against a a Tom Brady, a, a Drew Brees, a Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, like in their primes of their careers, do you trust and everybody in their prime? Do you trust the Aaron Rodgers to make a comeback in the fourth quarter? Yeah, because I've seen him do it now, against. I've seen him do it against the Cowboys plenty of times. Now I said that just so I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. So the leaders, we talking about quarterbacks, You're right? The leaders when it comes to coming back in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and winning the game. Right. Number one is Peyton Manning. Yeah. Number two, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah. Number three, Ben Roethlisberger. No, Drew Brees. And then it's Ben Roethlisberger. And then tied for seventh is Matthew Stafford with John Elway. Then we go down the list. Number 10, Phillip Rivers. We're talking about people who I'm naming quarterbacks who played this year, mm-hmm. obviously. So then I keep going down the list. Number 17 is... Russell Wilson, um, now this is pro football reference, mm-hmm. you know, when you go to pro NBA reference, pro football reference, yep. their numbers are normally pretty legit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't see, uh, Aaron so Rodgers are, here. Are these like fourth quarter Aaron Rodgers is, yes. Since when? To win the game. Since when? Like just NFL history? Career, yes. Career? Okay. Hey. It says Aaron Rodgers has 17. Now, let me cross-reference that with something else. But if he has 17, mm-hmm. and he is 48th on the list, right? and you got all these other quarterbacks here, mm-hmm. there are some times where the stats are misleading, right? but that is not a misleading stat. I can't believe you. I cannot believe you. You have me in a position trying to defend Aaron Rodgers, and I don't understand how we've gotten to this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. But like, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I I get what you're saying. What I'm saying is, from my terrible eyes, I would trust Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's just from personal experience and personal trauma, but I would trust him to win the game in the fourth quarter. No, I, mean, I mean, that's funny because I would too. <laughs> but we look mm-hmm. at this stat and we're just like, wait, yeah. you're at 48 and not even the 48th person. Mm-hmm. Other positions are the other uh, lines are tied like John Elway mm-hmm. and Matthew Stafford are tied for number seven. But you're so you're yeah. number 48. It's a good 55, 60 people ahead of you. I mean, he didn't play on teams that sucked. I, I mean, didn't have to do it. Aaron Rodgers is so good that, you know, maybe this is this stat. The stat is this way because Aaron Rodgers is so good that he's normally winning going into the fourth quarter when they win exactly. a game. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to say that. But, um, yeah, I definitely think Aaron Rodgers underperformed in this uh, 
<laughs> in this area. Oh no, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like no, that's fair. Yeah. I just I I'm getting that's a he he didn't do as bad as Drew Brees, obviously, you know. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty yeah, bad. No, he just yeah, he just looked terrible. But yeah. he looked pretty terrible. And it doesn't help mm-hmm. that your coach decides not to go for it on fourth down. And as Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. this could be your last year with Green Bay. Why don't you kind of just, you know, get with him on that and be like, yo, yeah. no, I want to go for it. Like, this ain't going right. to be on you. This is going to be on me. I want to go for it. Let me try. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, in the GOAT conversation, although Tom Brady making two Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, I think that eradicates any GOAT conversation if Tom Brady's name is not number one on that list. I just want to say that. Because okay. there are trolls so th- who do say, yeah. how is Tom Brady the GOAT? No. I think. Like, are you kidding? Like, it's Aaron Rodgers. For what? We saw today, they're on two different levels. I mean, not today, Sunday. We saw on Sunday, they're on two different levels. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I definitely think there's no doubt, there shouldn't be any doubt in anyone's mind that Tom Brady is not the greatest of all time in football. Okay. So, two, so okay. So, you mentioned it. So, two things I want to, uh, I, I would like to get to. One, the whole uh, idea that uh, Rodgers might not be in Green Bay next year. And two, the Brady versus Belichick debate. I I think it's settled. I think it is too. I I don't know what would have to happen, like why this is an issue. I and I get it. The Aaron Rodgers has become Brett Favre of seventeen years ago, essentially, where they drafted his replacement, he balls out, and he's still finna be gone. That's just what's about to happen. Um, and this is why Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season. He might have been a little ticked off that they drafted Jordan Love and didn't draft any receivers to help him out. And they're drafting their, his backups, you know, his backups help. I'd be a little upset, too. He's, But, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I would be upset, so I get why he's doing that. But I think that it's kind of weird that you have Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's most likely winning the MVP this year. And there's a real possibility he's somewhere else next year. If that happens, like I said, I said this a couple weeks ago, it would be really cool to see him in New Orleans uh, with, you know, the people they have down there. Uh, you You're know, right. Warmer climate. You know You're what I'm right. saying? Different change of scenery. Sean Payton's an offensive head, offensive minded coach. That would that be, be entertaining. That would be very scary. That would be yes. entertaining. I mean, poor Jameis, but, you know, hey, Taysom, Taysom going to get some touches. I tell you who is Taysom. Um, but, yeah, I think that will be an exciting um, offense to watch. That would definitely add them to my list because Drew Brees was great, but he mm-hmm. didn't give you the Aaron Rodgers-esque type mm-hmm. players. You know, if LeBron ducks, right. you like, bro, you see that duck? But then if, mm-hmm. say, Dwayne Wade dunks, you know, it's just like, oh, that was good, you know. Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. you know, but right. you didn't dunk like LeBron. It could be the same dunk, right. but still, you know, the finesse. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers brings right. a finesse to the game. Right. And to Tom, and to Tom Brady, who <laughs> I, t- I texted a, uh, a couple people, and I was like, man, this man really made it back to another Super Bowl. One of, one of my friends texted me back and was just like, it is – just just sickening and i was like yeah it really is because like to put it in perspective he made it to his first super bowl when me and you were seven ashley we're 26 um this doesn't make any sense at all 
how many times like this man is going to number 10 like he he's lost more super bowls than a lot of guys have won and i'm talking about people like you know terry bradshaw uh you know roger Staubach, troy aikman people like that big ben like that uh peyton manning his contemporary that doesn't make it it still baffles me how many times this man has been to the super bowl and like honestly how great he is as much as i don't like to you know don't like to admit it i'm like man save some super bowls for somebody else hey he's he came out to do his job and this year in tampa bay showed that like yeah belichick was a major player in that obviously you know nobody's saying that they wouldn't have been that great without belichick but Brady might have been more, more to uh, not more to blame, but essentially more to blame for the Patriots' success than Belichick because it's like this man went to a whole nother team. I mean, whole nother system. Right. First year in the NFC, so so new in the NFC. Gronk thought he was still in the AFC when they were in the locker room <laughs> celebrating before uh, after last week's game and going to the. We Super know Bowl. why that was. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's Gronk. Yes. Oh well. Yeah. He. He. Yeah. We're not he, here to, look. We're not here to talk about. Saying, Gronk. We know why that was. And we're not here to talk about the party boy. We're, we're I ain't talking about, about the party boy. You know, know he is head a few right. times. Remember, he retired. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. He did. He did have that stint in WWE too. So it might have rattled some stuff. Uh. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, we see how <laughs> the Patriots did this year, and mm-hmm. then we see how Tampa Bay did. So. Um, yeah. I definitely think uh, Tom Brady should get, and he's doing it this way this year. Like, you know, he's in Mm -hmm. commercials, he's on social media, doing challenges, stuff like that. You know, he's doing it his way, and he's still, like, people are saying he's a system quarterback. Um, He's still doing it. Right now, he's doing it his way, okay? Mm -hmm. Playing differently with a different system, different targets, et cetera. And he's just doing so well. And he's a different type of person we see. Tom Brady is way more friendlier than what he was with New England. Don't you see? You see that, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. And and it's funny because at the beginning of the season, sorry, the Bucks are like kind of struggling. And then it kind of comes out. It's like, yeah, Bruce Arians let Tom Brady be Tom Brady and like kind of be a pseudo coach on the field. And you see how things turned around. Like you got to understand something. Tom Brady's forty three years old. He's been in the league for a long time. He could, he could. He's not going to do it. I wouldn't think, but he could be a oh, coach. Sure. Like he knows what for he's sure. talking about. Like you don't get to being in the league for twenty plus years if you don't know what you're doing and don't know what you're talking about. He could. He could be on the sideline with a headset and run a team. Like he. he just, I don't know what it is. He sees the field differently. Like he. He knows the game better than anybody else. He's obviously been the most successful and played the game better than anybody else. When, when you let that man do what he can do, of course your team is going to be in the Super okay, Bowl. Okay, so so that we can, you know, kind of um, give an illustration of what we mean. So who do you think is better at analyzing football, Tom Brady or Tony Romo? Uh, how did I know you were going to ask that? So, Just ask the question, Mervyn. 
Uh, no, I, look, I, I don't you know. You don't know. Okay, false. So I think Tom Brady. You asked the, you asked me while I'm wearing a cowboy jersey. Okay, but cowboy okay, I ain't asking you Come for on. your fandom. I'm asking you for your uh for your knowledge. No, but sports. I'm but I'm being for. Mm-hmm. I think. No, honestly, I think Tom Brady knows more than Tony Romo when it comes to analyzing mm-hmm. football and coverages right. and all this good stuff. But do you hear how eloquently Tony Romo sounds while he's broadcasting? Like, this man can break down oh, any yeah. play. This man telling us what's coming next. Like, his mm-hmm. mind for football is on another level. So right. I feel like when you have someone who's just as good in that position of analyzing the game and being able to communicate mm-hmm. the game, I think that right there, you had that in coaching position. Bruh. I think if somebody offered Tony, yeah. Tony Romo a job, by the way, he just analyzes football. I think he could coach. Okay, I just think people yeah. with that yeah. that much knowledge, like a Tom Brady, Tom Brady sees can see the field. You know what I'm saying? Like I think with somebody with that, with his IQ, his football IQ, definitely yeah. he'll be a great coach for sure. That's why Bruce Arians is like, I, <laughs> I see it. Like I'm not gonna. He is a player, but I see it. I see mm-hmm. his mind. Yeah. Right, and that, and that's kind of what you'll hear. I I think it was Romo that actually said it, and he talked about like you know at first when you get when the when a young quarterback gets in the league, everything's moving so fast, but it doesn't matter because they're like they're fast, they're moving quick, they're good, but it's like when when you slow down a little bit, like when you when you start aging a little bit and you slow down, the game slows down as well, and you see things right. differently. Like you 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 can read the coverages like. You see two safeties high, corners low, like, okay, they're in a cover two. I know exactly how I'm going to eat this up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you see it differently, and you know exactly what you need to do. And it's like, okay, that's why the young guns are as good as they are, and that's why the old heads that can't move as fast, might not have as much zip, will still light you up because they know exactly what you're going to do before you do it, and they know exactly how to beat it. Okay. Okay, well, let me give you an example of a young a young book that must have this slow, you know, Luka Doncic. You ever see him play? He plays in slow motion, and yet this Ooh. man is just so good. But he plays in slow motion. I'd be like, why is he playing so slow? I'm sorry. I just well, wanted to take a shot Luka's, at Luka. But. That's, well, Luka's also been a pro for, you know, he was a pro for like five years before he got in the yes, league. Yes, he just but, plays so you know, slow, like a little sloth. Triple-double machine. Well. Okay, yeah. anyways, Ooh. back to uh, Brady Breeze. We're just going to go you know, start wrapping this up. We've been on these people for a long time. Yeah, we have. So I told you, I told you somehow we still going to be running along. Uh, to the to the next game, to Kansas City and Buffalo. First things first, obviously, it was great to see Pat Mahomes back out there. As I told uh, you, he second, would be. Mm-hmm. Look, hey, I didn't say I didn't want him to be out there. I said I was right. skeptical. Uh, but I will say it looked like that toe kind of affected him a little bit. There was a, couple, a few plays where he, could, he normally would have ran and kind of chilled back in the pocket and waited for something to open up, which is good, which is a great part of developing a quarterback anyway. Uh, but you could tell it was kind of affecting him. They got down early, and then after that it was uh, the Pat Mahomes show. I just want to say. turned the light on. I just, well, let me phrase that. It was the, the Eric Bieniemy uh, Chiefs offense show. I just want to say having Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill should be illegal. I need David Stern to figure out how to veto that. 
Okay, that's, that's not pause. what's up. Give credit to Edward Chalair, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, and that's not to take away from, from anybody else on the offense. Obviously, they have a, a, a plethora of weapons. A what? A what? I, I said what I said. A plethora. I, I, I said it wrong. <laughs> I said, a myriad. A plethora. That's no. word of the day, y'all. But plethora. No. <laughs> it's, it, it was broken down, not this past week, but uh, the week before. Uh, who were the Chiefs playing the week before? Um, was it the Browns? Browns Against yeah. the Browns, yes. And so they bro- they broke it down, and it makes so much sense. And it obviously the Bills didn't see that broadcast because they couldn't stop it. But all you do is take Tyreek Hill, put him in a slot, and make him run up, and then start moving across the field. If they're in a first of all, if they're in a man, nobody's keeping up with them. And if they're in a zone defense, somebody there's going to be a gap somewhere where he's getting passed off. And all t- all Pat Mahomes got to do is thank because he's so fast. And he's gone. He's so fast, and there was that. There was that one. He took a slant. He he took that that route. He may have caught 10, 15 yards downfield. Made one man miss. It was number twenty four. I forgot his name. He made him miss. Like just put a move on him and was gone for seventy gone. yards. I was like, like that makes stuff like that makes right? no sense he's to me. Like fast. He's shifty. He is yes. so shifty. Whenever they make first contact and he makes a miss, you know, it takes a lot to mm-hmm. shake somebody and make a miss. This man would literally be right, right by the line. Literally, foot be mm-hmm. close, about to step out of bounds. Mm-hmm. And somehow, you know, shifts to back in bounds and then with the Jets full speed. I'm just like, bro, right. he is something else. You know what it kind of reminds Yeah. You know what it kind of reminds what? me of? 05 Reggie Bush at USC, like how just dynamic and electric mm-hmm. he was. But like in the NFL in 2020 and get and as a receiver. Like like nobody could stop Reggie Bush that year, except for Texas. Hook him. Um oh my nobody could stop him that Shout year. Shout out for firing Tom Herman. Nobody could oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. You know, you know he real. did us wrong. Uh, okay. He, hey, he did. Uh sorry, we're traumatized still. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like like you can't be stopped, and so and then if you try to take if you if you try to put your defense to where it'll it'll just shut down Tyreek Hill. Well, we also got one of the best tight ends in the league, and all I got to do, I thought I thought Travis Kelsey was gonna go off for two hundred yards. The way they were just dinking and dunking and, and and hitting him the entire first half on Sunday, like he somehow like every other play, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, like, like I said, I I thought he was gonna have like 15 receptions, 200 yards, two touchdowns by the end of the night, because they couldn't stop him. And then if you try to stop both of them, you got Clyde Edwards-Helaire out the backfield. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, I also have Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes who can run the ball. He can throw the ball. If you roll him out to his left and make him throw it, he can throw it left-handed. If you take away his right hand, because he's done it before, like he can. There's there are probably things this man cannot do. He might not be able to punt. He might not be able to kick a field goal. I don't know. He might be able to do that too. He we could be a Kobe. You know, Kobe had so many random talents. Right. Like he 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 might be able to get on the soccer field and just like start murdering people. We don't know. But as far as like quarterback in the National Football League, this man is. I I, I I've heard him be referred to as the best to ever play the position. 
I will slow down on that. Yeah, I gotta um, wait. I love Patrick he's Mahomes. On, but he's only been in the league for a right. few years. Look, I, like I said, I love what he does. I don't know if we're the best ever yet. He he's greatness. I I think we can all agree on that. He is greatness. I don't know if he's a goat yet. He a baby goat. However, he's uh-huh. a baby goat. He is a baby goat. You see the memes where they were like Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes. It was like the big yep. goat and the baby goat <laughs> kissing each other. I was like, hey, that that's what it's gonna be. Um, but yeah, the I will say, you know, back to the game. Uh, just to recap the game on Sunday, I don't know what the I don't know what happens with the Bills. The the offense still looked like it went to click, but you I think we re- got a reminder that yeah the Chiefs' offense is is as great as it is. Chiefs' defense ain't nothing to just sneeze at either. Tyron like they, Matthew, they got is some bombs over there. Tyron Matthew, the this is a reminder why he's called the Honey Badger. Because if you don't know what the honey badger is, a quick recap of the honey badger is the honey badger don't give a F, essentially. Like, they don't care. They're going to go out, do what they got to do. And if you're in their way, there's going to be hell to pay. Pretty simple. Tyran Matthew is an absolute baller. And it just kind of popped up on my TV, and I'm glad it did because I kind of forgot about it. So we were mentioning earlier with Green Bay and Tampa Bay about not trading field goals for touchdowns. Uh-huh. The Bills traded field goals for touchdowns a few times, and we saw real quick how that'll turn yep. on you. Like with this team, they're going to score seven multiple uh-huh. times. We know this. If you're in that position, you cannot be kicking field goals. You can't stall out at the twenty. You can't stall out at the ten. You 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 got to go for gotta it on fourth and one. Everybody everybody knows that. That I feel like that should be yeah. in the scouting report. No one is gonna be. Kansas City by field goals. Like, I feel like that should have been mm-hmm. in the scouting report. Either way, I mean, um, Stephon Diggs had a very underwhelming game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bro, they just <laughs> – I'm sorry, but they just, didn't, just yeah. did not come to play. They didn't. They didn't. And, and I, like I said, Chiefs defense is good, and Stephon Diggs not having a good game. Well – if you got a decent cornerback and Tyran Matthew bracketing over the top, yeah, it's gonna be a rough day for yep. you, buddy. Like and and this I mean, part of it is one, the franchise hadn't been here in a while. Two, Josh Allen, this first time being there. Like he's young. I mean obviously same age as Patrick Mahomes, essentially. Uh but, you know, shout out to honestly though, shout out to the Bills because they got there. They did. I mean, they didn't look terrible. They came out hot and then just kind of fell off a little oh, bit yeah. because the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Not too many people really had them expected to win this game, so it's not like you know an upset or disappointment. But that's how the Chiefs always do. They, you just, know, <laughs> yeah. That's that's literally their mo. They yeah. they literally turn it on yeah. and then win. Scouting report, which is which is wild because like most teams, if they come out flat, they're flat. Like, you can't turn the switch on mid-game. I don't know who, who got the magic potion over there, but they will turn it on. And once they turn it on, that is it. Child, like, I saw done. a tweet. Somebody said, Patrick Mahomes be bored. <laughs> that was like, he be bored <laughs> so he get behind just so he can come back. I said, oh, y'all, y'all here tripping. Right. Like, that, y'all ain't got to do y'all people tripping. like that, man. Like, he's he just, he just out here playing football, man, with a bad toe. And, and hopefully – a brain that's back to where it needs to be. Um, so, real quick, uh, before we move on 
uh, just a first look at the Super Bowl because obviously we, we will have a lot more time to talk about this. Big goat versus baby goat. Uh, people have already asked, people have been asking me at work, like, who do you think is going to win? And I'm like, honestly, I don't me know. Too. This is I one of the few know. times I've gone, like, because usually Monday after Super Bowl, I'm waking up like, okay, yeah, that team's going to win. Yeah, that team's going to win. I don't know. <laughs> like, they're just so good. Like, you got Brady, who's being Brady, like, showing he still got it. Patrick Mahomes is playing for second in a row. Like, I I might not have a prediction for this Super Bowl until the day of the Super Bowl. Like, right. Honestly, I'm, I, I might have to watch a warm-ups. <laughs> like, okay. So right. he's warming up like this. Okay, maybe I should choose him. You know, like, because yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Brady has a chance to prove himself and that he did it the way he wanted to do it mm-hmm. and win a Super Bowl. I t- We hear it. Tom Brady to heard it, too. We hear that Tom Brady, you know, was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? Like, who was the mastermind here? I'm positive time Tom Brady sees it, reads the comments, etc. Homeboy mm-hmm. about to win it, and he's about to be so cocky about it. I am paused. I'm, I still don't know who's going to win, but I'm saying if he does, homeboy going to be super cocky. We're going to see Tom Brady trolling for maybe mm-hmm. a month. Oh, yeah. Just retweeting stuff. Mine is yeah, business. but he's, he's just, just so good, and I feel like he has that chip on his shoulder. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, technically I'm the underdog. When you look at the, the team mm-hmm. as a whole, technically mm-hmm. he is the underdog. Right. right. Like if that team had somebody else as quarterback and they were in that same position, it would be a – It wouldn't right. be close. But they have Tom Brady. So Tom Brady has his chip on his shoulder. He's mm-hmm. like, bro, I just brought this team, this team of nothing, into something, and I won it. Because mm-hmm. you're not talking about – are you what what major positions are you talking about at Tampa Bay? Right. Like you got like, a Mike Evans, not, but a Mike and, Evans not even in some people top five receivers in the league right now. He mm-hmm, not in mind. Right. <laughs> right. And it's it's so funny you said that, like, Tom Brady, underdog, like, that doesn't make sense. Or exactly. like him playing with a chip on the shoulder. Like, just a general reminder. He's won six Super Bowls. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as as a as an underdog position for him or like Exactly. Be, not being the favorite. Meanwhile, these teams are but on two different so, levels. Yes, they are, but it's like like I don't I don't know. Like I don't know. I'm gonna have to like to actually like do film study and like really think and pray and talk to somebody because I there's gonna come a time in the next 10 days where we have to make a prediction about this game and I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> like I don't know how I'm going to make that prediction and, and make a prediction that won't get me laughed at like my <laughs> Browns prediction did yes. even though the Browns came close you definitely got laughed at no and, and when I made that prediction I knew I was going to get laughed at I still thought right. it was going to yeah okay I was about right. to say don't say yeah. you were tripping you just wanted a response no no no, no oh, I okay. knew no I knew I knew what was gonna happen. That that was not a that was not a troll tweet. That was not a. I just want to do something for for laughs. No, I really thought that. You know, I'm an idiot. Okay, well, um, so me. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and he has a lot of weapons. Tom Brady is Tom mm-hmm. Brady. He has some weapons too now. <laughs> he got yeah. some weapons too now, but, but but Tom Brady has a weapon between the ears too. Right. 
I mean, Pat, Pat Mahomes does too. You don't think so? I mean, yeah. but Tom Brady no, has does, way more but... experience. He's a veteran. Like this man has seen it all. Exactly. He's seen every That's game. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But I don't know. I don't know. I want. This is a one of the one of those scenarios where I don't care who wins. Normally, oh, normally yeah. when you get to a big sporting event, the Super Bowl, the World Series, something like that, uh, NBA championship. Normally, you want finals. Normally, you want someone to win. This is a mm-hmm. situation where it's two great storylines. Right. Patrick Mahomes, the second coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And Tom Brady unbelievably the goat like this man Mm -hmm. literally just came from somewhere else and brought this team from nothing that is the story you want to hear and if that happens i'll be elated i'll be so happy for tom brady because then his legacy is cemented i mean i feel like it already is but like it is this right here just puts him over any other football player to ever play the game of football if he wins i mean he's already there but you know Mm -hmm. and if he does win um, we're gonna have to make sure your friend is not uh out drunk celebrating too too hard. Who Michelle? She gonna be uh, she be out of there. Yes, yes. Exactly. So you said Michelle? Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. I was. Yeah. You know, I haven't really talked to her about it, but I, I mean, we talk about mm-hmm. all this stuff all the time. But um, when I look at her post, because you know she posts about sports, she's still rooting for Tom right. Brady, and I thought. Once right. he left, that maybe um, you know she'd be a little bitter, but she said it's bittersweet. So, you know, I bet she you know gonna be turning up because I'm I'm not a Tom Brady mm-hmm. fan. I've never been a Tom Brady fan ever. Right. Um. So yeah, for me to be rooting for him, I don't I don't see why you know unless you're a diehard Patrick Mahomes fan, you know I don't yeah. see why you just really have a dog in this fight. Like you, it's right. probably whichever storyline you want to see better. But I think for Tom Brady's mm-hmm. career. I think for him to have the most untouchable career right now in all of sports, mm-hmm. Tom Brady would have to win the Super Bowl. Right, and I and I do, I personally know a lot of people that are going to be rooting for the Chiefs strictly because they can't stand Tom yes, Brady. I and they don't want to yes, see him. Win I know again. some people like that, and I can completely understand that. I know a guy who said yep. it's because they're in their division and their team sucked, so he's not rooting for Tom Brady. Your team didn't even have a chance, so stop hating. What's it, Panthers? Yes. Fans? It's my coworker Chandler. He's from North Carolina. He's a Panthers fan. I'm just like, bro, y'all didn't even have a chance. Oh, yeah, like, man, leave it alone. It, whether it was Tom Brady or Jameis, y'all still weren't making the playoffs right. this year. So shut right. up. Stop talking. Uh, so that's it for the NFL. Um, Ashley, we would like to. You would like to talk about the inauguration from last oh, week? Oh yes. That's I, okay. Um, let's talk mm-hmm. about it. For one, I want to touch on J Lo real quick. Cause I'm here watching. I'm like, uh, I'm, I started recording before J Lo started singing because I was expecting, you know, I ain't gonna lie. J Lo is great. Okay, J Lo is one of those um, celebrity celebrity, you know. But her singing mm-hmm. career is very flawed. Oh. <laughs> okay, people say she got other yes. people singing for. Yes, yes. She lip syncing, which she does a lot lip syncing uh which she definitely was at the super bowl but that performance did it for me though you know that performance it, it made up for it but i thought that performance was fun you know, that, was, that was fun yeah i'm, I'm thinking Sorry. i was like oh let me record this it's about to be something and j-lo tears it up but at the same time 
I'm like, she don't sound like J-Lo to me. Impossible. I say tear it up. She did really well. I would say. Um, your face looks like nah. Um, she didn't tear it up, but she did well. She did better. Reason why I said tear it up, because she did way better than I expected her to. Way better. Right. Now, she okay. didn't sound like J-Lo to me, which was, I was just like, she doesn't sound like J-Lo. And then people were like, oh, she lip singing again. <laughs> she lip singing. I don't see how you could like go to the inauguration and lip sync. Like, I feel like that's against all ethical and professional and moral uh, <laughs> codes and guidelines. But if she did, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, so <laughs> she did okay, but um, she could have sat down about halfway through that performance. One, number one, oh, yeah, uh, I will say the, the song that she sang at first, This Land is Your Land, This Land is My Land, that is the most colonizer song I've ever heard. Now that I think about it. To, like a song about how this land is ours that we uh -huh. took well that not you stole we, but they this took land is ours, the Native Americans just putting that out there political right uh, also yeah, um, like she was she was okay she was good but then after, at the end it was like alright J-Lo like okay you, you did your part now go sit down somewhere you're doing too much now like the let's get loud and all that <laughs> stuff like alright go sit down you, you're doing too much please thank you for all of us Okay, um, yeah. I mean, I'm still, if J-Lo got up and sang live somewhere else, I'm still picking up, my, picking up my phone and recording because I think she's gonna mess up. Okay, let's go to Lady Gaga. Mm. Bruh, I don't even wanna talk about her singing right now. I wanna talk about afterwards, she over here hugging people and talking to people and it's like she's really like talking mm -hmm like with passion to these people so i wonder what they're talking about bro she got to barack obama our president and this man is clearly right. trying to walk away like he's clearly trying to walk mm -hmm. away and she keeps talking to him i'm like bro this is funny so then barack and michelle go up to kamala and her husband and they just cackling he looks real comfortable at that point. But like, it was so clear. His body language was so clear that Lady Gaga was like, just talking too much. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, bro. She's probably up there, you she know, I don't it. know. You know, Lady Gaga weird. So you never know what be going on in her mind. She had that, right, she had that fat right. bird on a blazer. And That's all she doing too much. Mm -hmm. She the only one that didn't get the memo. She the only one that didn't get the, the, the monochromatic memo. Like everybody else had their one color on and looked great. Yo, pause. Michelle Obama, respectfully. Oh yeah. Very respectfully, all due respect for her. Hey, Michelle Obama. That's a that's a winner. Yeah. Like it, you like the memes and stuff where it was like Barack walking in, being like, yeah, y'all see this? Yeah. yeah, that's all me. Yeah, that's stuff me. like that. Hey, look. You know he was thinking it. You know he was yeah. thinking it because what we were all saying on Twitter was in his head. Yep, for sure. <laughs> you know, you know when you got you a good one, Pause. But he has a great one. Like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't one. be surprised if he woke up some mornings, saw his wife getting ready, and just looked up. Was like, thank God, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. 
thank God for this. Thank God for this one. Yes. Like, he know he winning. Uh, but Amanda Gorman, mm-hmm. we have to talk about Amanda Gorman. She was a poet laureate. Yes. Uh, her yes. Uh, poem was called The Hill We Climb. Oh my gosh. And you, we talk about the monochromatic uh, coats. Uh, she right. had on a yellow, it was like yellow, I think, a Prada coat that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Tell me why. It was a Prada coat. Tell me why that coat sold out after she gave that inauguration poem. Hey. And then her little hey. red thing she had on her head, that sold out too. And now mm-hmm. she's signing. She signed with a model group getting fashion brands. I'm like, girl, yes. Yes, win, sister. But I loved when she was giving her poem. Shout out. And how she was so elegant with it. Did you notice that? Her hand movement, she was so elegant. Like, mm-hmm. like it's 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 a form of slam right. poetry. It's not like hard, you know? But it's like you're guiding us with it. You're mm-hmm. taking us on a journey with it. And it was just so elegant. And I thought that was so... For a 22-year-old, I think she carries herself like she's in her 30s. Right. Hey, I just wanted to be like, hey, just watching the whole thing, I was like, hey, go, black girl, go. Because she, she did her thing. Uh, she did her thing. I would like to say, I would like to say the, the best part, well, two things. One, not going to lie, when Kamala was getting sworn in, I cried a thug tear. I was like, yo, we we back. We we, we doing this thing. But we but we got the first Latina Supreme Court justice swearing in the first black and Asian vice president woman, and Yo. she gonna say Kamala. Woman. I mm-hmm. said Kamala. Kamala. Like, you. Hey, this is a moment in history, look. and you are calling right. her like, a name that is not her name. Her name is Kamala. Because even when she Look, was like, I, say Kamala right. Harris, mm-hmm. bro, you know, do some research. Mm-hmm. No, hey, to be fair, to be fair, I, I'm, I'm going to play devil at, devil's advocate here. It's tough. It, it's a little tough. <laughs> like It is tough, I, but this is I can see how the mistake you is made. You are literally making I, history. I know. I know. Literally. People are going to look back at this moment. This is a moment where people will rewind and rewind and look back and pull up and look back. A moment in history. This is in the history books. If, you know, the schools decide they want to keep African American mm-hmm. history, this is in the history books. The picture of her being sworn in is in the history books. Like, right. come on now. Kamala. Who is Kamala. Oh, that just, I'm sorry. I just went in, I just went in on that. That really bothered me. Like, come on now. This is, this. now granted, she didn't mean it, obviously. Really? But this is history. Okay? Right. Us minority sisters mm-hmm. on this stage right now, let me feel the love. And the love to me was gone right. when she said, Kamala. <laughs> okay, bombed up that. You good? Mm-hmm. You got it off your chest? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now, to the most memorable and the best part of the inauguration, Bernie Sanders. Oh. <laughs> Yo. See, that was, I oh my I'm going to debate with you about what I thought the most memorable moment was, but yes, Bernie Sanders. No, go go ahead. No, 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 let's, no, 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 let's, <laughs> let's stay on Bernie real quick. Let's stay on Bernie Yo. real quick. Bernie. They have, 
they have put this man on the cover of 2014 Forest Hills Drive. They've had this man choking out Conor McGregor. <laughs> they've had this man, uh, <laughs> like, just doing, they've, they've done, like, you know, the Where's Waldo? It's like, Where's Bernie? I've seen that before, that one. Like, they, first of all, people got too much time. Oh, they put him, oh my God, no. I think one of the best ones was, they put, so, you know, Beyonce's Homecoming, uh, like, her set at Coachella. They uh-huh. put him in the pink sweatshirts and had nothing but him sitting on the stands <laughs> while Beyonce was at the top. I was like, man, what is wrong with y'all? Like, y'all have too much time on your hands to do this, but keep it up because I'm here for it. Shout I'm, out I'm here to for Bernie, the though. Bernie took that image, put it on a sweatshirt. They sold the sweatshirt for 45 bucks a piece and it went to charity in Vermont. Shout out to Bernie. That's how you capitalize. If anything, right. Bernie, Bernie is, he's too young for his age. You got to agree. Yes. Because the young folks yes. was trying to vote Bernie in office. And the old folks was like, nah, he is way right. too progressive. Nah, let me... <laughs> no. Too, too socially. <laughs> like, no. Like, honestly, like, back in 2016, in the primaries, I voted for Bernie. I didn't vote for him this time, only because I voted for who I thought would have a better chance of getting old Trumpy out of office. They had to do what they had to do. Right. But, yeah. We've been to the young folk told we told y'all, and not right, you, but like we told people, vote for Bernie. We told y'all back in 2016, vote for this man. But no, he's too socialist, he's too communist. He, no, he'll never make, huh? Yeah, just see who we who we look. This man taking 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 hit after hit after hit after hit and still rolling with it and still doing his thing and donating to charity while getting put on every meme in the world. It's my kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, that Bernie meme was something else. I mean, he didn't look like he didn't want to be there <laughs> in that outfit. You oh, know, no. when everybody else dressed to the T, Bernie like, mm, okay, well, right. it's on my list of do- things to do today. But yeah, but. That's what somebody said. Yeah. <laughs> so I- but the best moment for me was Barack Obama. Did you hear him yelling like he was at the family picnic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like literally this man is in the background cheering folks on yelling. Uh-uh. And I'm just like, and Angel was just like, is that Obama? It's just like, that is him. And then my sister noticed it too. Like Obama's literally, if you rewatch it, Obama's literally in the background. Just like, yeah, yeah. Like, just saying stuff. Like, he just a proud daddy for right. everybody. That's what we do. He is a proud daddy. He is a proud daddy. He, Mike was his son. He was by this... Exactly. Like, he is a proud daddy. So, let him be a proud daddy. You're not... Hey, you know how black folk do at graduations? They tell us, wait till all the names are called before you cheer. And what do black folk do at graduations? They hear their baby, and they gonna yell and scream for 15 seconds. That's what we do. We be alright. That's what we do. America heard it. We good. We good. Yeah. That Anything was... else from the inauguration before we take a break? No, that was it. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and we will be right back on the More Right Than Wrong podcast. This is Mervin Wright Jr. And you're listening to the More Right Than Wrong podcast. 
Well, welcome back, everybody, to the More Right Than Wrong podcast. This is Mervin Wright speaking here. Uh, that's Ashley, my co-host over there, being Ashley and doing what she does, doing what she doing, doing how she do it, how she do it. Shout out. I just that thought about it. it. We didn't um, introduce ourselves um, at the oh, beginning. Oh, we sure didn't. Wow. Hey, sorry. I mean, well, at least, at least we're in the intro, you know. It's, yeah, right, exactly. It's somewhere right. in there. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna uh, just a few things to talk about for the for the rest of the show. Uh, I will have my minute at the end. Um, we will be dedicating our whole NBA segment today to the greatness that was Kobe Bryant. Um, and Ashley um, has brought up a topic about the uh, pay gap, uh, the disparity of pay between women and men's sports, based on the I Am Athlete podcast. So Ashley. Um, since you know more about this than I do, um, go ahead, kick it off. All right. So Michelle actually sent this to me, but the I Am Athlete podcast, I don't know who was all on it, but I always see Chad Ochocinco and um, mm-hmm. uh, who else is on there? Brandon Marshall. Did you see them get into it? Did you see mm-hmm. that clip? Them get mm-hmm. into it about Brandon Marshall telling uh, Ochocinco that if he had a nutritionist, he'll be in the league longer. Anyways, Chad Ochocinco mm-hmm. thinks it's a scam, and he's like, well, this is why LeBron James is still playing. Well, anyways, so they mm-hmm. had Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and Lexi okay. Brown. Lexi Brown plays in WNBA. I think she plays for the Lynx. Either way, she plays okay. in WNBA, and she plays overseas. I think they all play overseas, too. But the co- the topic was, um, <laughs> what did you buy with your first check? Is two current NFL players, two retired NFL players, and one current WNBA player on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And the question was, what did you buy with your first check? DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson were both like, oh, I bought this AMG Mercedes series. That was the car I got. Oh, I bought me a house too. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, baller stuff. They asked Lexi Brown what she get. This girl said either some Gucci or some Prada shoes. I mm-hmm. said, oh. what? The, like, because that's like, and they asked her, it was like, did, did you get you a house? Did you get you a car? Mind you, they probably have no idea what WNBA players make. And she's like, no, I already had a house. Well, I didn't need a house because I travel a lot, but I already have a car. My parents got it for me. But like, even if she wanted one, she couldn't go out here and get no Rolls Royce. These NFL players, oh, they can go right. get them a Rolls Royce. So then they asked Justin Jefferson what his signing bonus was. This man said $7 million. You should have saw her face, bro. She's like, bro, really? But that's mm-hmm. so crazy. You have two professional athletes. It, it, right. I, I would have a better comparison if um, she was sitting on the couch and across the couch from her was a... Let's say, uh, I'm trying to find her a good equal. A Channing Fry when he was good. Like, he was a shooter. He was, you know, he was a shooter on okay. the team. That's if they both sitting there and Channing Fry was like, oh, yeah, I made $3 million last year. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. I made maybe $100,000, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, bro, y'all play the same sport professionally in the same country. And yet, it's such a pay disparity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang. Now, mm-hmm. um, if I'm a WNBA player, now I hate to put this man, throw this man under the bus like I did last week, but 
if I'm a WNBA player and I looked up the highest yearly annual contract, Dewana Bonner gets paid the most. And it says she had a yearly salary of $127.5,000. Hmm. $127,500,000. Now, if I see a Giannis Antetokounmpo making $25 million <laughs> annually. Right. He, he making more than that, but, you know, just on base terms. Yeah. And he can't make a free throw? I'm like, oh, like, at this point, it is, you know, it it is a, a topic of conversation. Okay. Um, Ashley, you might want to throw something to me for what I'm about to say, but hear me out. I, I understand the, uh, the, the outrage and the conversation about the pay gap when it comes to men's and women's sports. And I feel like a great comparison of this is soccer, where the women actually do a lot like the women's national soccer team does a lot better than the men's and they're having their um issues with uh you know the the u.s soccer federation and lawsuits because they're not getting paid enough and that and and and, it, and rightfully so because again the women are winning world cups and the men are missing world cups that's what so are you comparing that to the WBA um, and the nba no 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 but but here's what i'm saying um when it comes to and, and and you know this, but when it comes to both sports, I think a big part of it is revenue. Oh, definitely. And and like if you look at the NFL billion dollar TV deals, if you look at the NBA billion dollar TV deals, if you look at hell like college football, basketball, again million dollar TV deals, you know, in the high hundred millions, if not billions. Like the Pac-12 got a billion dollar uh, TV deal a few years ago, uh, but we look at you know the women's sports; they're not getting that. And and to and and to be fair, like and, and I think that that's kind of where maybe where it comes from. Uh, but to be fair to them, there also isn't that exposure. Like you don't see this is the this might be the first year we saw the WNBA getting like exposure. Okay, exposure. I was about to say like because like they were actually like like the men exposure do. this year. Because right. there was nothing else yeah. to watch, so they was like, "Well, the WNBA mm-hmm. is going. Let's put them on." You gave them exposure, right. and guess what? And they got and, numbers. And they got they numbers. numbers. Like you gave them exposure. You have to give someone the exposure. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Like yeah. they and then and, pause. Let's talk about the the orange hoodie I had on last week's episode. The WNBA hoodie. Right. Those sold out every time they came out. Mm-hmm. Like these. Like you have to give it a platform. If you give WNBA a platform, yes. now granted, do I think uh, WNBA players need to be making a Giannis salary? I I mean, there's no, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the, it's not the as comparison's many, not right, there. There's the no comparison there. at all. Like way yeah. more people watch okay. the NBA, way more people love the NBA. The NBA is going to sell a stadium, mm-hmm. literally probably sell more tickets in an in, in arena probably in the first day. Just one day, if you mm-hmm. take the sales just from one day, that probably beats the sales of a WNBA arena, like, until the game starts. Like, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? 
That's, so I don't yeah. think they should make the same. I definitely think they should be making more than one hundred twenty-seven thousand dollars a year. Because yes. okay, and this is my my little stat. So twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is when they got the viewership. They were up fifteen percent in viewership in one year. And you know the difference in that one mm-hmm. year? The finals weren't just on ESPN because it was the finals. Like they had regular games mm-hmm. on, you know, on national ESPN. television. Like, because mm-hmm. they normally wait to put the, the big game on like a major national spot until the finals. But since we were able to right. follow it through every game, like it brought the viewership up. So you have a 15% mm-hmm. increase in revenue for yourself. So I'm thinking like if I'm a major network, right. I think we should give the WNBA a chance to get more exposure. Because if that happens, then everybody's happy. Salaries increasing, you getting more money. Like 2020 right. was a test and they passed the test. So I think we should keep mm-hmm. testing to see where this could go. Right. And I think that, it, like I said, like the exposure being there was obviously a big part of it because like I'll don't get me wrong I'm not the biggest WNBA fan by any means obviously like if if I have to choose I'm going to watch the men's game let's just be clear <laughs> but there I mean just just being honest but you know when there is that time to where if if it came down to like a WNBA game and it's like a big game or like a like game 89 of Major League Baseball I might flip over to that WNBA game, but that, like you said, the option's not the there. The option is there because they weren't. See, you think it's not. It was this season that they played at the same time. The WNBA and the NBA don't normally play at the same no, no. time. No, no, no. What I'm saying is the option's not there in terms of me being able to just find the game. You know what I'm saying? Like I couldn't just like if I want to watch whoever, I, I can just pick up my remote. And find it real quick. Like, I know where it is. But it's not... One, it's not top of mind. Two, it's not like... Like you said, they're not putting, you know, just regular... They weren't... Sorry. Weren't just putting regular WNBA games on a national platform where it's easier for more people to see. Right. Once you do that... Again, once you do that, you have more eyes on it. And then, like, you don't... The And, and then, I, I it has to be addressed. And, and I hate to have to do it. But there is the the mindset among some people who are men. Sorry. Yourself. Sorry to speak for us. Yeah. Myself uh-huh. included some days. Where like, you know, hey, the the women's game is just not it's fun to watch. Look. Pause. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hey, I you know, I love the NBA. But you I also love yes. I love basketball in general. And I have yes. like well, I do I said I have a diehard appreciation for the NBA. I also have a diehard appreciation for the WNBA, though, when Maya Moore is there. So mm-hmm. I will say I am a wishy-washy fan because I would tune in to watch Maya Moore play because that girl right there is amazing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, she didn't set out another season. But anyways, um, I think you have to at least try to give it a chance. If you're going to go into it, says Bourne, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, your mind still can't be changed. I have gone into it because Angel likes WNBA. So I've gone into it and I'll be watching a game and it'll just be getting good. And I'm like, hold on, this game good. So I, I used to say WNBA yeah. was slow. Like the game was slower than the NBA. Granted, it still is mm-hmm. because these are massive men who are super athletic, but these women are too. Mm-hmm. I'm watching WNBA game. The game is going into overtime with both teams like, 
at the 100 point margin like oh they have mm-hmm. the potential those girls can play it's just yes. i don't know I, I feel like the energy we give it sometimes is maybe sometimes the energy they put off like if right. you playing in front of an empty gym it's different from when you playing in front of a crowd full of fans mm-hmm. and it's not and again it's not to say that they're not talented by any means like no i would i me personally i would never say that anybody in any professional sport is not talented they may be less talented by comparison but if you hop on the court or field or whatever with them they will bury you and embarrass you women included obviously um so that that's not to say that they're not but it's just like you know you know what it is you know what i thought about one day it's like man why is it like that like why is it like the men's game get so much love and the women don't you know whatever but I think that part of it is it's like the the depth, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go if you look at the men's game. Yeah, you have your Giannis, your Steph, your your LeBron, or, you know your Jordan, your Kobe, and then you have you know everybody below them. But when you get deeper and deeper and deeper, you still have people that you would consider you know you know a great you know a great player, right? But then in the women's game, it's like okay, you have your Maya Moore's, your Asia Wilsons. Your Dewana Bonners, your um, Elena Deladon. Uh, what was that girl? Elena Deladon. That what's that girl from Oregon? What's her name? She just got drafted. Uh, Oregon. Yeah. Who's from Oregon? She she just went number one overall this past year. Oh, I don't know. You talking about fam? Jesus Christ! Look that up and and just spit the name out when you get when you say it. But like you have Scarlett Diggins, and maybe it's Notre. Brittany Scarlett Griner. Diggins. Oh my God. Skylar Dickens, my God, how could I forget her? I'm sorry. Um, but it's like you have Oh, them. Sabrina uh, Ionescu. Sabrina Ionescu. Yes, that's what I meant. Sorry. So sorry, girl. Uh, but it's like you have them, and then, like, once you get from, like, that top tier, it's like the talent is, again, it could very well be just, not- like, a lack of, uh, like, You've got Candace Parker. A, yes. No, no, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying that there there aren't like great women basketball players. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, and maybe it's not a WNBA because they're professionals. But then when you look at like the women's college, you got game, Super, you got Brianna Stewart. I'm sorry, but I just I'm just trying to prove a point. I'm not. I no, keep going down no, no, the list, no, 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 and I, I still have some pretty high profile yes, basketball players. Actually, okay. I, Listen, listen okay. to what I'm saying. I hear uh-huh. your point. I, I, I hear what you're saying. My point was is not that there aren't, like, amazing women basketball players. My point is not that there's not a lot of them. My point is, and maybe it's on a team aspect, the depth is, I, I wish there was more depth, okay? Like, if you look at, let's let's go to college, okay? I know we're talking, I know we started this on the pay gap, but let's go to college. You look at the college tournament for men. There's 68 teams. There's a few blue bloods, but there's still about 10 to 15 teams that could feasibly say we have a shot and not get laughed at for saying it. But in the women's game, if it's not a one seed or maybe a two seed, it's like, like we all know, Oregon's gonna be in a champ. Oregon's gonna be in the final four. UConn's gonna be in the final four. South Carolina's gonna be in the final four. Mississippi State might be there. It's like those four or five. Stanford. And then after that, it's like uh, Stanford, yes. And it's like, well, thanks I just see what you're saying you know what because saying? Like, odds are yeah. a lot of years you could have predicted who won 
the women's national right. championship. You knew it was going to be UConn. Like, if you if you put your money on UConn, most of the time it was like, okay, one, just tell me when to come pick my money up because that's what's probably probably going to happen. And and maybe and look, maybe there needs to be more development when they're children um, to to grow the game to get that you know to get a deeper field here. I don't know what needs to be done. I, I can't speak from experience because I'm not a woman and I don't play basketball. I'm kind of over two in this. Sorry. But like, the, I think it starts at the top. To, yes. I think it starts at the top. If you are, because women, you know, I mean, the women who really play basketball, like are really good at it. They love it. Like, you know, right. they love it and they're going to go to college and play it. But, is because they really love the game. You got the NBA. Mm-hmm. You got players who want what the NBA players have. So when you say college mm-hmm. or little little kids, when it comes to choosing what sport you want to be good at and what sport you want to work hard at, you got guys like giving it all they can give because they want to live like a LeBron James. They want to live like a Kevin Durant. You don't know no little girls mm-hmm. that want to live like a Maya Moore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. She ain't balling out of control. You know, you don't see her picture mm-hmm. everywhere unless you live in Minnesota, you know, unless you right. are, have visited UConn. Like, they're mm-hmm. just, the notoriety is not there. I feel like if you give the WNBA, for one, I think, you know, WNBA players should keep, they should try to keep growing that platform because it is getting better yes. every year. WNBA is not as mm-hmm. old as the NBA by far, but it is getting mm-hmm. better every year. I think if they can reach a level of popularity, you know, if they can just keep growing mm-hmm. in popularity, I think it, it'll be a, a, a ripple effect. Because then people, you know, yes. people younger will start seeing their favorite WNBA player in a commercial or, like, acting in a movie right. or something. They'll be like, oh, I want to mm-hmm. be like her. And then it just, you know, makes people want to pursue it more. But right now, some people, I guarantee you, there's a few people out there who don't even know that the WNBA exists. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. No, you're right. You're right. And and I'm glad you mentioned it because just like you need the publicity from the league and the networks and stuff, there's that representation that matters. Uh, and like you said, it you know, boys grow up wanting to be you know Kevin Durant or Patrick Mahomes or whatever because they see them all the time. Like they they see them not only competing but they see them in commercials and doing other stuff. If you were to turn on the TV and see Maya Moore in a commercial and notice she's a basketball player or Candace Parker or whoever, that you know that might it, it produces that mindset that okay, you know I can be there and I want to do that and and then it helps them you know like you said the the really great ones are gonna keep playing, but it's about the ones that are like not necessarily like really great but like pretty great like. Like, right there, right. you know what I'm saying? Keeping them in the game, too, you know. Right. I feel you. And it, it does take – and it, it – God, oh, I hate oh to say gosh. this, but I, I hope I don't get crucified for what I'm about to say. It takes it, – it, the man got to do better. It, it takes the help from the Oh, man. yeah, that's what uh, – okay. Because – I think this will segue great into our next section. I, yes, it is. Because Kobe – When you look at people like Kobe, Kobe yes. Kobe did that. Some people said it was rumored that Kobe might coach a WNBA team. You know, we mm-hmm. got um, uh, we got his teammate, J- Derek Fisher. He's the coach of the Sparks. He's he doesn't coaching. do that yeah. well. I will say that. <laughs> Him and Candace Parker had a little thing going on. Um, mm-hmm. But – 
Kobe was definitely raising the platform for women. And had he still been alive 10 years from now, I definitely think that audience would have grown. Yes. Because, because like you said, people listen. People listen to Kobe. People listen to Kobe. If Michael Jordan was beating the drum of the WNBA, people would listen to him. Orange hoodies wouldn't have just sold out. Like, they'd be on back order for a couple of years, like, until they could catch up. If it's like somebody like Michael Jordan would say something. This uh, serious question do we really, do we hear like LeBron saying stuff about the yes, WNBA? Yes, LeBron James is always um, lifting up the okay. WNBA. Yeah, no, no, and and that wasn't a shot. Like that they was know him, just because I don't, I don't hear it as much. Yeah. And remember him and yes. a few other NBA players went to the WNBA game, and it was like a big deal, because him and a few other players went to the WNBA game. Yeah, LeBron James, he yeah. loves all sports. He loves, he watches, he has, you know, he has like this huge monitor with like ten different screens on it. He watches women's college basketball Gosh. now, no, but nobody was mm-hmm. like Kobe. Nobody right. was like Kobe with. Yeah, him. no, Kobe. Kobe was big. And I think I think what helped with Kobe was the fact that his daughter was going oh, she was gonna be yeah, in the Gianna. WNBA. She she was gonna be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Great just, conversation. Great conversation. Just sad though. Uh, just what? sad. Do you remember where you were yes. when um you found out Kobe died? Hold on. So yes, uh real quick. So obviously like you said, we're dedicating our whole NBA segment today to Kobe. because uh, we're rec- we're recording this on the 27th. The day What's after the, the one-year anniversary. Yeah. The day after the one-year anniversary, yes. So, yeah, you know what's funny? They were talking about this on Sports Center yesterday, and it's like, dang, this is up there as one of those moments. You will remember where right. you were mm-hmm. when you heard, like, nine, like you know, like, well, I mean, we, we have 9-11 as well, but this is up there. And I remember I was at church because it was a Sunday, and my phone... I had left, so I had to sing on praise team, so my phone was in my pocket, and I also had to sing in the choir. And so my phone was just by the, uh, like, in my mm-hmm. seat. And so after we got done singing, I was uh, walking, I walked out, and I was walking down the hallway, and I stopped to tie my shoe. And the organ player walked up and was like, hey, you hear what happened? I was like, no, what's up? He was like, Kobe. I said, what, what about Kobe? He was like, Kobe died. I said, what? He was like, yeah, helicopter crash. I was like, nah, you tripping, dog. I didn't believe it at first. Like, I was just like, all right, y'all, like, stop. That's not funny, man. Like, we just got done praising God up here. You finna have me cuss you out in the back hallway by pastor study. Stop. Stop. Whatever. I'm like, nah, this ain't real. This ain't right. And I get to my seat, and sure enough, I pick up my phone, you know, because, of course, black people can't stay off their phone in church. And I'm like, dog, Kobe, like, really dead. And I, like, showed it to a couple people beside me. They're like, no, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, like, that's what it's saying. And it was, like, it was surreal. Like, even now, it's still surreal. Like, it didn't, like, you know what happened. But, like, it doesn't seem right that it happened. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like it, Something just doesn't, it, it that connection's, like, almost there, but it doesn't, like, fully connect. Yeah. I was on vacation a year ago in Colorado, and we were on the plane, you know, and we had just got back to Dallas. So we still have to drive to Longview, which is two hours away. Mm-hmm. And we're in my boy 300's Jeep. Okay. And I just pull out my phone, you know, because I'm trying to catch up. You know, I've been on a plane. I ain't got Wi-Fi on the plane like some of y'all bougie folks. But um, 
I'm on my phone. It's, it's working. And I see people talking about Kobe. And I was like, what? And I was the only person in my car who knew. Um, And I was like, it was five of us. And I was like, y'all, did y'all see that Kobe died? And Brand, my friend Brandon was just like, nah. I was like, yes. Did y'all? And it was like, how? I was like, helicopter crash. So my boy 300 turned on the radio, sports radio, and they're just talking about Kobe. So now we trying to see, because now we sad, because it said... Mm-hmm. They said, you know, remember when it first happened, they were saying that the babies were with them or th- that mm-hmm. the baby was with them. Rick Fox, Rick Fox was with them. Yeah. Like everybody was with Kobe at this time. So it's like, bro, like nobody is it's speculation because everybody's saying other names. So I'm just like, maybe Kobe mm-hmm. didn't die. Wasn't, wasn't there. there. Yeah. But then you start reading more, you start hearing more. And it's like, it's Kobe. We just trying to figure out who was with him. And I thought that was so sad. But the daughter mm-hmm. thing, somebody mm-hmm. has said, I bet Gianna's with him. Because, you know, they were so close and so tight. And he went to all the tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then somebody was saying, well, maybe the baby's with them. Or blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, if anybody's with them, that's sad. But once they finally said it was Gianna, that was, like, heartbreaking for me. Because I'm thinking yes. about her sisters. And I'm thinking about Vanessa. Because I know what it's like to lose a dad. But if my mm-hmm. if I lost my dad and my sister, one of my sisters together, like for, for me that was heartbreaking mm-hmm. because I just could not imagine how I could go on, you know, with that. And I just thought that was so sad. Yeah. Not only did we lose a great, like I love my dad, but my dad wasn't no Kobe Bryant, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I didn't get reminders right. of it everywhere. Cause you know it's all coming in, and then every day somebody's gonna say something about Kobe, like, "Oh, your dad was a great man." Like, how do you deal with that? And I just really applaud mm-hmm. Vanessa and you know her family for the way they're dealing with it. I really applaud yeah. it. Uh, one of the things I remember seeing, obviously around this time last year, was like when it came to Kobe and Gigi uh, dying. It was like. Yeah, Kobe was young. He was only 43. But he he was about to do a lot more. Right. Like he like he played bad like obviously he his greatness on the basketball court, obviously no nobody with a sane basketball mind could could debate it. Obviously he was greatness. I say he's number 2, some people say number 3. Where where he's at on that list can be debated, but his greatness cannot, right? He don't he had done that but Gigi was just getting started, just getting man. Started. Like she was like, you know, and you mentioned it like they were probably together because he goes to all the tournaments. That's exactly where they were going. They were mm-hmm. going to a tournament. And when that happened, and so it's like, man, like she 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 just now she just getting started, man. It's like she's 13 years old, like balling, you know, meeting players and stuff, like doing all this. Like she was going to be they, they, like they were calling her Mamba Cita yes. because she was gonna be just as good as Kobe, like like killing women's game, like nobody's and business. Remember, and remember, like, Kobe and Gigi had just went viral for that GIF mm-hmm. where he's on the sideline, they're courtside, and he's explaining something to her. She's like, oh, "Okay, Daddy, I got it." Yes. Like to mm-hmm. me, that was just so crazy and so sad. Yes, but yes, and it's and it's. Yeah. Yes, Kobe no, Kobe did. He was about to do so much more. Her life was just getting started. Kobe yes. still had so much more to get into. But like just the last topic we were talking about, women's equality. Kobe was trying mm-hmm. to make sure, not even just for his daughter. I'm pretty sure Kobe Kobe enjoyed women's basketball before that. But like mm-hmm. 
your daughter is growing up in this world. So Kobe was trying to make it to where he was an example. You know, he was set the example of how we should treat, you know, women and women in the same sport. You know, he was trying to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. And, you know, women's sports definitely lost a trailblazer. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, he was going to do so right. much with that. Because remember, if you look at that clip, what was he wearing? He was wearing the orange, orange WNBA, WNBA sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Yes, he was. He was wearing an orange WNBA sweatshirt that game. Yes, he was. Also, just slightly off topic, I just love that. I love clips from that game because that was when they were playing Dallas. And he was uh, just, I mean, just to talk about how, how he was, Luca was standing right in front of him yep. about to inbound the ball. And Luca said he heard somebody trash talking to Slovenian. He's like, who the hell? Oh, that's Kobe. <laughs> hey, what's up? Like, that, like, like you gotta remember, like he was not just a basketball player. This man was like, he was a a genius. Like business ventures, like growing up in Italy, so learning that. Like again, he knew how to chat. He knew how to speak Slovenian well enough to get Luca to turn around. <laughs> like that, like that. That doesn't make sense. Like, and he knew multiple languages. Like he, what? Kobe's one of those guys, and. Because I know somebody, you know, people of course gonna bring it up. Yeah, he wasn't perfect off the right. court. Yes, we know we weren't, but we're not talking about that right now. Also, but yeah, he wasn't perfect off the court. But there was like stats coming out, like the days he had to go to court, he was also balling out those nights. So yeah, greatness. But um, dang, I lost my point. Essentially, the man was great. Like he, oh, that's what it was. So like everything he did, he. He was not – he didn't half-ass anything. Like, there were stories about him meeting up, like, telling somebody, hey, meet me at the gym at, like, let's say 8 o'clock for a workout. And by the time that person showed up at 8 o'clock, Kobe was already drenched, sweating, because he had been working out already and finna work out again. Like, he was – and, like, he that mentality he had, and, it, like, it, it wasn't – like, it can't be touched. Like, you, you're not – you don't – Grow that mentality. You're born with it, and and like that yeah, mama, mama mentality. mentality. Is like he was a, he was a he was a killer. Like he, look, Kobe could have missed forty shots in the game, right? But if it if we're down one, and it's three seconds left, guess who's taking sh that shot mm -hmm. to win the mm -hmm. game? Kobe. He might miss it, but you can guarantee he's gonna put himself in the best position to win every single time. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. He was shooting confidently. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Kobe is definitely, uh, you know, mm. he was a trailblazer, a game changer. You know, if you saw him on the other team, you got scared. Players would genuinely right. be scared of Kobe if they stepped on court against Kobe. Genuinely. Yeah. This man. Right. This man's last game. We were talking about earlier about players going out sad. Do we remember this man. man's last game? I was at home watching it, and I was up, standing up watching it. Like, literally, my eyes were watering. Because I was just like, this mm -hmm. is history. I'm literally witnessing history. Right. You know where my eyes were literally watering. Everybody standing up clapping. Yes. That mm -hmm. was out of this world. Right. Like, i glad you mentioned it. Watching that game. I remember because it was like, oh, man, like they down like Kobe might score like 30 and, and go out like 
he Kobe. He he come out and go zero for twenty, and nobody would care because right. it's Kobe. Like you're good, bro. You, you you've done your job. But then he hit like thirty five, and it's like okay, he don't mess around here forty. It's like, is it? Is is he gonna hit fifty? Hey, let's get that fifty. There was enough time. I was like, I was like nah, he he ain't gonna do it. <laughs> he ain't gonna do it. This this man hit sixty. Ashley, this man is twenty seasons in. This man dropped sixty in his last game, with essentially uh, what? L- let's go down the list. A bad Achilles, because he he tore that he tore the Achilles mm-hmm. in twenty thirteen. I want to say one of his knees might have been a little iffy. I could be wrong. I might be thinking. Of Listen, target. I'm just thinking old but age. He, <laughs> like right, if, the, if anything, at the very least, <laughs> at the very least, old age is playing a factor here, and he's like. Yeah, let's let's get these guys a show. They paid a lot of money to come see me. Like I'm, look, y'all get last few minutes. Give me the ball. Look, I'm not on a minutes restriction because I ain't got no more games to play. I got nothing to worry about after this game except taking a nap. Give me the ball. Get out the way. That's Listen, the play. Give me the ball and get out the way. Knowing Kobe in his head at that like in that game, you know he probably was like, you know what, this is my legacy. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to go out on top. This is my legacy. And it's something about playing sports. When you have confidence, you play better. And Kobe knew. Right. Kobe knew. This is the last chance I Once get. Once that confidence meter hit the top, that Right. Was my family's here. My old teammates are here. My colleagues. The Hollywood folks that I, you know, I fool with. Everybody is here to see this final thing. It's just like, I won't get this feeling ever again. I won't ever get this mm-hmm. feeling again. So I'm about to go out there and ball out. And Kobe balled out. Right. So entertaining. Like, I was in awe of that entire performance. And then it's like, man. So he had the 60-point game. But the about, but like oh, right before. I thought you were going to bring huh? up something else. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm about to talk about <laughs> too. Because... Like, that game was just, like, what is – something has to – that's right. And then he scored 62. Like, wait, okay, so 81 points was January 22nd, 06. And then – oh, no. Wait a minute. Yeah, he scored the 62 against uh, – I want to say against Dallas. I could be wrong. I'm, I don't know. But, like, something has to go off in your head when you get to a certain point where you're, like – yeah, um, I think I'm going to score 80 points today. And you're like, and it's like that, like, okay, everybody knew about Will Chamberlain's 100. And we all know, you know, they let him, they kind of let him score to get to 100, whatever. But to score 81 points against a live defense in the 2000s where you could get actually bodied, you know what I'm saying, and like beat up and there wasn't just free lanes. I don't know, like, what clicked that day. I don't know what it was. It's funny because Kobe was like, Kobe, I seen some Kobe say he should have got a haircut for that game. <laughs> um, but it's like, dog, like, that's just, like, watching, being able to see that, it's like, dog, that makes absolutely no sense that you went out and scored 81 points in a single game. I mean, it doesn't. Um, and uh, you seen that meme where it said, Smile if Kobe dropped 40 on you. And they got them two smiles on <laughs> Jalen Rose's face. 
Oh, Bruh. man. Hey, nah. Hey, nah, that commercial. That commercial <laughs> where Kobe's in the uh, at the restaurant, uh, Jalen Rose walks up, and he's like, at first he's like, oh, man, I got to deal with him. And then they're talking, and the waiter walks up and is like, hey, you know, what can I get you to drink? It's like, martini. It's like, how many dollars? Looks at Jalen Rose, dead eyes. 81. <laughs> and then the stairs. I loved it. <laughs> it was like, no, he did not I, say Yeah, that. I loved after how he retired. After he retired, we started seeing more of Kobe. It's kind of giving me the Tom Brady thing. Like when mm-hmm. Tom Brady's with this dynasty team, you know, we didn't see that much of him. When Kobe retired... Mm-hmm. We started seeing his personality more. We started seeing him being more sociable. Mm-hmm. We started seeing his... Yeah. He's right, more he's fun. more fun. We started seeing his uh, father-daughter type thing. Girl dad was training because he loved his girls. Like... Yes. So, you know, I love that about him. The social aspect. Like you said, the commercial. I love that about him. When he started doing detail, okay, and he yes. started breaking down certain plays and what players see and stuff like that, I thought that was brilliant. You know, he started mentoring young players. Like, mm-hmm. Kobe was like, you know, when you pro- play professional sports and then you retire, it's like, what I'm going to do now? No. Kobe mm-hmm. was the man who had this plan. He was just like, okay, I was the best in this thing, so let me conquer other things. Like, let me see right. what else I can be really good at. And that is, like, the makeup of a leader. You never don't want to be mm-hmm. doing something. You never want to be too comfortable. Right. You always want to see what else you can mm-hmm. accomplish. And that's how Kobe was. Kobe being Bryant. You know, and yes, that was a special man. That really, he really was a very special man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's like I said earlier, it still like kind of baffles me. Like seeing, cause you you see the other greats. You see Jordan. Uh, you know, you see you know Barkley. Those those guys from that generation and other generations still kicking. Like, and obviously not just basketball, but other sports. And it's like Kobe should still be walking. Right. You know, he should, he should doing, what he, doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He should still be here. And unfortunately, he's not. Um, and it really, like, it, it, it really does. So it, it takes away. Not, it doesn't take away from it, but it, it, you kind of wish he was still there because I think, you know, he would still be making impacts long after he played. You know, we're talking about the women's game, like, champion in that, even in the NBA. Uh, you know, just just by being there, being a mentor to, to players like Kyrie, uh, LeBron, you know, other players like that he talked to on a regular basis, like so so like he's so a part of them, like you know, people are miss like people are missing games, people were missing games last year because they couldn't deal with Kobe Bryant dying, right? You know, like he did, and people were out um, there playing. I honestly think the NBA should have done like a weekend morning or something, you know, mm-hmm. because those yeah. guys were out there like pre, you know, pregame crying. Some of them weren't trying to cry, but like, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, how y'all be like grown, you know, I'm a grown man. I don't need to cry. But like yeah. those, nah. a lot of those guys had very personal relationships, relationships with them. And Kobe changed some mm-hmm. of those guys lives. They, you know, Kobe could have been, like I said, what I was saying earlier, you need an idol to look up to, then you're just like, I want to be like this person. Kobe was mm-hmm. a lot of players, I want to be like this guy. You know? Right. Um, so, you know, to me, you know, the guys shouldn't have had to play with all those raw emotions on their hearts at all. Yeah. But they did. 
But they they, they were did. they were letting it all out on that floor before that game started. That was that just yep. that's just show that just shows you how impactful he was. Right, right. Um, so yeah, uh, R. P. to Kobe. Um, I will still be shooting uh, paper balls into trash cans, yelling Kobe, um, <laughs> and nobody else because. I mean, okay, just real quick before we move on. Certain things like cement your greatness. Your name being turned into a verb, such as Randy Moss. Like, you know, when you catch a ball of somebody, you moss them. Like, the fact that people younger than us shout yeah. Kobe when they throw a ball over. Like, how great do you have to be for somebody to just start yelling Kobe? Because cause, cause you're so clutch. It's like, yeah, got it. Kobe. Kobe, like it's like yesterday I did it at work and then it hit me. I was like, oh, not today, not today. It's a bad day to do it, but yeah. RP to the legend, Kobe Bean Bryant. Can I just say, if you did um, it at work, I'm pretty sure you missed the bucket. Okay, yes. Oh no, the first time, the first time I did, I, I did, did miss. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Okay. Look, hey, look, Kobe wasn't 100. Lol. Well. Let's get to Merv's minute, and then we're gonna be up out of here. All right, so. Uh, for my minute today, um, you know what? Let's 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 keep it on the low note and then elevate before we get out of here. Not gonna close on the low. So two people um, I would like to mention first. Uh, last Friday, yes, Friday, uh, we got the news that Hank Aaron passed, and it kind of hit it hit me hard um, because Hank Aaron was one of the greats of. Uh, baseball period white black negro league whatever he was great you know he held the home run record um until barry bonds broke it uh heard some people saying he's still the home run king because his head his head didn't grow you know three hat sizes yeah all that stuff uh and some stuff and it it's wild because we hear about it but we don't recognize we don't realize it because we didn't grow up in the area but listening to people who did grow up in the era, they can kind of better explain it. But, like, this man was dealing with death threats. Oh, yeah, racism. For, extreme racism. Like, racism, racism. Like, for real, for real. Because, especially when he was getting up on a 713 and 714 about to break, break, break I'm sorry, Babe Ruth's record. Because back then, baseball was the sport. And the home run record was the number one record in sports. And so, back in 1970s, racist white America, for a black man to hold the number one record and take it from a white man, uh, like, we can't have that. And so, like, he's dealing with that uh, amongst, you know, many other things. I mean, and, and to look and to deal with it with so much class and poise and just be like, all right, you know, this is... Not this is what I signed up for, because nobody should have to sign up for that, and I'm glad things are different for the most part now. But to do it, to deal with what he dealt with, and to do it as as great as he did, and to become the home run king, and to do everything he did. Somebody said it. In the 1970s, there was a black man getting a standing ovation from an all-white crowd in Atlanta, Georgia. That was a victory in itself. Yep. In the South. 
in the South. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a uh, philanthropist. And I know He's I'm. A, yes. <laughs> what did I just mm-hmm. say? A philanthropist. There now I'm from East Texas, so I, let me throw this quick little tie out real quick. His wife Billy went to Texas College, and they would donate to Texas College, Texas College, the HBCU, but they would donate to many HBCUs. Like this man, mm-hmm. you know, he paved the way and then made sure that others could actually come through the path that he paved. You know. Because he understands, mm-hmm. he lived through all that racism and whatnot. He understands, you know, everybody can't be a Hank Aaron. And there are definite right. racial barriers that you have to fight through. And socioeconomic status is one. So you're giving out scholarships and whatnot so that people can go to, kids can go to school. That's a legend. I mean, you are already a legend on the field, on the diamond. That, But that is a legend. What you do after your, when your career is over, when those days are over, if you keep working, like I said with Kobe, you keep working, that is when you submit your legendary status. And Hank Aaron was, I mean, you know who Hank Aaron is. Baseball is not the most popular sport in this country. And yet, somebody say they don't know who Hank Aaron is. You're like, oh, where are you from? The first time, if somebody said that right now, I'd be like, all right, shut up, get out of my face, like you tripping. And they'd be like, for real, I don't know who. I'd be like, all right, look, here's a book. I ain't gonna lie. Here's the internet. One of my coworkers didn't know who Harriet Tubman was. It's an old man too, I think he's like 73. He really didn't know who she was. And then once we told him who she was, he, yes, that's a privilege. This or this? Once we, it's, he's oh, this? He's, yeah, okay. he is a, uh, Yes. Okay. There is no other way to say this This man is a Caucasian 73-year-old man. And then once we told him who it was, he was like, oh. Oh, that one. That, yeah. You know, you get you get scolded. I definitely told everybody. I said, let me just tell y'all what Homeboy just said. I told everybody. Oh, yeah. If you don't know who Hank Aaron is, you get scolded, especially if you're an African-American athlete. But not just American, African-American athlete, you know, anyone, you know, anyone who is right. in the fight for change. But if you're an African-American athlete, you should be ashamed if you don't know who Hank Aaron is. Right. Like, come on. Like, know him with the greats. Know him with Jordan, with Kobe, LeBron. All those. Hank Aaron needs to be in that. Ali, Tiger, Serena. They, he needs right. to be there. Um, so, yeah, RP to Hank Aaron. And finally, a shout out from a a place near and dear to my heart cedar hill texas um so former uh former cedar hill quarterback uh garrett mcguire just got hired as a coaching assistant with the carolina panthers now i i would assume you don't know who that is i'm here to explain so when i was at cedar hill my head coach was joey mcguire okay see where i'm going here uh joey mcguire was my head coach and then he had a son has a son garrett that uh, also obviously played at Cedar Hill, played quarterback and all that. After Garrett graduated, he went to Baylor and he coached under Matt Rule at Baylor. And Garrett went there as well. Matt Rule, same Matt Rule that is now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He left, Coach Mag- my coach McGuire stayed at Baylor, but Garrett McGuire is now um, a coaching assistant for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and he's only 21 years Ooh, old. Shout out. Um, there might, I mean, look, there might be a slight bit of nepotism here. Oh, for sure. But, uh, slight bit of nepotism. Yeah. Who hasn't used nepotism to get where they're going in life anyway? Black people. Uh, uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, 
God, that's why I love you. God, that's why I love you. <laughs> we do but, nepotism at small but no, places, just, but big stuff, you know, right. they don't be letting us have it. Okay, keep going. Right. But no, it's honestly it's a it's a shout out to uh to the Maguires. Uh because Joey, uh my coach, uh is the he was the associate head coach under rule. I was hoping that when Matt Rule went to the NFL, they would give him the head coaching job just because I like to see my coach succeed. Um, but he's still the associate head coach there. Uh, but to see uh, his son now following in his father's footsteps, um, I'm interested to see how it turns out for him. Um, I know we won't see much because, again, he's like an assistant running back coach. Uh, so he's very, very low on the total pole. Obviously, like I said, he's 21 years old. Um, we don't see we're seeing younger and younger coaches, uh, i.e. your Sean McVay's, your Zach Taylor's, your Cliff Kingsbury's and stuff. Um, and this is obviously not to say that right now he's just going to skyrocket to be an NFL head coach. But it will be interesting to see his journey. Um, and I am more invested in it and intrigued because he wore the red and black, just like I wore the red and black playing receiver. Hey, bro, you want me to um, to cut this in the video and tag him? Maybe he'll see some flowers or something for Valentine's Day. There it is. You waited to the end of the show. I'm proud of you. You waited to the end of the show to say something that's going to make me mad. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Next time, let's make it through the end of the show and stop recording <laughs> before you say something. But no, shout out to Gary McGuire. Shout out to Cedar Hill, Texas uh, for producing greatness. And of course, again, shout out to Joey McGuire, my coach. Down hey, in Big Vegas. Joey. Um, okay, anything else before we get out of here? Before I swing through this computer screen? Nah, fam. That's it for me. Well, um, with that being said. Joey, yay, yay. I'm sorry, bro. I just had to give him a shout out to my boy Joey real quick. What's up, Joey? You never even met the man. You ain't never met the man. You don't know that? Never met the man. Where'd you meet him at? I, meet I haven't. Okay. Okay, right, thank go. you. Um, stay up there with your Longview Lobos. Um, sh- uh, so, again, thank you all for listening to this episode of the More Right Than Wrong podcast. Um, check out our videos on our Instagram page and our YouTube channel. Um, we're trying to get other steps set up. Uh, there might be a special episode coming up next weekend, maybe. We're not sure yet. We'll let you know next week. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for uh, listening. Until next time, thank you so much. Peace out. Peace God out, Girl you. Scout. Get you some Girl Scout cookies. Um, remember what kind of what flavor you like? You also I'm just free, saying. Is, what is this? Free I'm just saying. Girl Scout cookies. They virtual now, so go and get y'all some of them short, Girl Scout cookies. Shortbread cookies. <laughs> shortbread cookies. <laughs> I need, if the Girl Scouts hear this, I need five boxes as soon as possible. Not five. Y'all, somebody hook Mervin up with the shortbreads. <laughs> All right, we All out right, for, for real. real. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>